What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Week in Review. Hope everyone's doing well. We've got a lot to discuss tonight with Money in the Bank three weeks away. We're going to dive into a little bit of Cody and Seth. Roman Reigns will defend his undisputed WWE Universal Championship next week at LSU against Riddle. Ronda and Shotzi have a pretty good match, and we have a new Intercontinental Champion. Let's get it all started right after this. Hey guys, so check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor. It's a doctor I actually love to see. He's where I get all of my CBD from, and it's a doctor that you can visit too by going to drganja.com. That's Dr. D-R, ganja, G-A-N-J-A.com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years, and everything they have on the site is available for pickup. But the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have. Drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs. And don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. It is Sunday, July 12th, or July 12th, jeez, that's not a good start, June 12th, 2022. I hope everybody is doing excellent as we are now about halfway through the month of June, which is just impossible, which is probably why I am already fast-forwarding my brain to July. But, but guys, tonight is all about pro wrestling, and it's all about WWE, and it's all about the Week in Review and if you haven't joined us before, this is a very SmackDown kind of heavy review. We have our own SmackDown review team that does a great job, but I haven't been able to talk to you guys in a few days, and there's a lot happening in the world of WWE, and you know we're, we're going to cover Monday Night Raw in terms of just high-level stuff, but uh, this is, again, just a bit of a disclaimer, more of a SmackDown-heavy show, and I actually thought it was a really good SmackDown. I, I enjoyed SmackDown uh, very much. And I've got a lot to say on SmackDown. But first, thank you, everybody, for joining me. You can follow us everywhere that uh, 
podcasts are available like everywhere and you can go ad free on patreon.com slash wwe podcast or our website wwe podcast.com go vip use promo code roman 50 percent off so guys smackdown i I just want to get into smackdown and dive into it here again i thought it was a very good show and while i berate and try to demoralize ronda rousey on this show on a weekly basis or almost daily basis i have to say i mean her match with shotzi it was good really good and easily shotzi's biggest match of her career i mean they absolutely uh you know i think put on a close to pay-per-view quality matchup they did an excellent job inside the ring and shotzi held her own and it was physical and as much as ronda rousey is just completely a turnoff for me, especially as, as she would call it, the SmackDown champion because she can't put the words together in order that are the SmackDown women's champion. For some reason, those evade her. Maybe Holly Holm uh, knocked a part of her brain, you know, a little bit loopy, and that's why. But I don't know. Um, so the SmackDown women's champion here, Ronda Rousey and Shotzi, had a matchup and hard-hitting great counters and for all the again the crap that i talk about ronda it's not taking away her physical abilities and the fact that she took to pro wrestling pretty darn quickly and there's really nothing negative to say about that when it comes to ronda from a physical perspective and she's still got that it factor she's got a very um a very commanding presence in the ring she's an attractive woman but also dangerous which is a it's a magical combination as a woman. Um, now, with men, you see dangerous men that you know look good all the time. That's kind of what it is. But with women, it's she's got a unique presence about her because also she solidified herself in the world of MMA, which when's the last time that we saw before Ronda Rousey, a woman who was attractive that was very feminine, but it can also kill you in your sleep, you know, not even in your sleep, just kill you straight up and probably kill, you know, most men that she dated without, without blinking an eye. Um, yeah, that, that's a very unique combination. So she brings that to the WWE and it, it translated very nicely in her first run. And, you know, the second run has been ho-hum, I think. And the match with Shotzi here was, was good. And for not working in live, at least a televised event, before with these two as far as i know i think they did a very good job both women both you know i think both women did as good of a job as you could have expected for a match that came out of nowhere and had nothing on the line other than championship contender which really means nothing because every match is potentially a championship contenders match uh real i mean there's nothing bad to say the only thing i would say it had nothing to do with the matchup is uh, can Ronda Rousey and her s- <laughs> no one I guess has the guts or Ronda doesn't care or she's not uh, doesn't have the self aware awareness to understand that her promos are uh, how do I put this rookie and, and you know what I'm not saying they're easy I'm not saying it's something that she should have mastered by now um, you know that that's not what I'm saying because for many many individuals. It's not the part in the ring that's going to be the tough part. It's the, you know, the, the, the stick, the mic, right? So, and this goes for a lot of women and a lot of men, for that matter. My God, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of men that can't could cut good promos. You know, and they've been here for a long time. It took Bobby Lashley 20 plus years to cut a halfway decent promo. But Ronda Rousey, I mean, again, I don't know if people are too afraid to tell her with the way that she approaches her promos. But uh, this past week on SmackDown, she you talk about a rehearsed you know, few sentences at the beginning of her promo and the fact that she can't wait until the music is completely off to speak, which then mutes the mic. And she's already a soft talker. Like you can't hear the first sentence of her promo ever. And I, I mean, you can barely hear it at home, but much less in the arena. Everyone has to probably just all at once. Everybody has to just in unison go, shh, shh, guys, everybody quiet, quiet. Everyone just be quiet at the same time. So we can hear the first you know, half of her promo, uh, which, again, they don't leave her out there very long. WWE doesn't. They know it's not her strong suit. And so that, that to me, sends the message. Whether they want to send that message or not, <laughs> it's being sent that they know she's not strong on the mic. We can't leave her out there more than 20 seconds before someone needs to interrupt her. 
I mean, that's how they protected Roman Reigns for how long? You know, you knew when he came on the came out and he had the mic in his hand that he was going to be interrupted pretty darn quick because WWE knew that wasn't where he shined. And it's a way to hide weaknesses, but you know you have to do it, you know. But you make it short and sweet. It's kind of like President Biden's press conferences; they're few and far between. But you know you have to do them to at least create the appearance of some kind of, you know, normalcy. But you then you hear the press conference just like you hear some people's promos, and you go, "Oh, that's right. That's why they don't let them talk." Right? <laughs> so I'm not getting into politics. It's just an objective fact. The, the guy's an, he's, he's old and senile. I mean, that's just what it is. So, uh, but the same with, uh, you know, the, the, the people in the uh, performers in wrestling, they, they know WWE does that certain people can stand out there. Certain people can't, right. Um, you know, they give Cody Rhodes like 20 minutes on the bike where they give Rhonda and others mere seconds. So, Hey, it is what it is. I mean, look, that their job is to magnify the strengths and minimize the weaknesses. But at some point, if you want to grow as a, as a wrestler, sorry, I said performer earlier. I don't mean to offend you guys. We say wrestler here on the show. Uh, we don't Vince McMahon eyes words. Um, you know, if you want to grow as a wrestler, then you eventually you're going to have to take those weaknesses and put them on air to grow into strengths. You, you know what I mean? Because otherwise you're just going to not be able to expand as a wrestler you're not going to be able to you know acquire new skills you're just going to be kind of a one-trick pony you know so anyway ronda rousey comes on the mic and quickly interrupted by shotzi and again the the the, the uh, beginning of her promo was just for completely forgetful rehearsed and quiet and then shotzi comes out and uh they have a match and again very good match at the end of that natalia ends up attacking Rhonda from behind and putting her in the sharpshooter after this is of course after Shotzi taps out to the arm bar and you know I gotta give it to Rousey she took a couple of good shots to the head again look she did and she's a she's a uh, generational performer uh, when it comes to in ring generational wrestler god they've got me brainwashed and she is Um, but maybe in Rhonda's case she's more of a performer than a wrestler I'm sure she'd rather be referenced to that uh, reference as a, a performer so you know natalia and ronda rousey is going to be a little bit of a fun story i, I while uh, you know natalia has her kind of biannual dip into the main event that'll go absolutely nowhere and then she goes back to putting her cat ears on and making instagram videos at least you know for the for the uh short term we can see her do something relevant um I, I'm very interested to hear the crowd reaction in Vegas when they get there to the MGM because they are, I think, hanging by just threads on Ronda Rousey remaining a babyface. Threads. Uh, I think people are starting to finally go, hmm, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're over this act from Ronda and her annoying annoying traits are becoming more and more visible what i mean by that is or things that fans didn't like about her that they hid underneath in their minds and and buried beneath the surface like the fact that she ripped off a uh, a hall of famer's gimmick cuz she couldn't come up with a, one on her own the fact that her promos are not good. Uh, you know, most of the time they're they're bad. Sometimes they're okay, but most of the time they live in the unsatisfactory to bad category. And the general scheme of promos, the fact that she has annoying body mannerisms, um, the way, the way that she kind of side smiles at everything is annoying. Her range of emotion, are, you know, is one extreme or the other. There's no in between. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. All that that people maybe buried or didn't think about annoyed them that all of a sudden are going, why am I not so excited about Rhonda right now? Why, what is wrong with this? Why am I not feeling excited about this? Maybe I'm giving you some answers and perhaps it's time to turn Rhonda. And, and it's, I think long overdue. And I think WWE would make a lot of money with Rhonda Rousey as a heel. And, and I, I really don't know if Rhonda is receptive to that idea. I think it'd be a, really fun thing to do there's a whole just cartload of crap 
that she could pull from. Number one, she doesn't have to worry about being perfect on the mic. She can yell at the fans, tell them what she really thinks about them, put some real emotion into it. Um, she can, you know, alter her alter her gimmick a little bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot she can do in the ring. She can just be nastier. She can tell people to f off in a PG way, of course. There's a lot that you can do. So I'm I'm a huge advocate of Ronda Rousey turning heel. Let me just put it that way. Uh, and and you know Natalia. The reason I said I'm worried about MGM, I do wonder if the veteran Natalia may get the sympathetic. We know you've put in the work over the last decade. Veterans' reaction versus the you know part timing. MMA former MMA star that calls herself the baddest woman in the planet on the planet yet has yet hasn't proven it in about four years. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how you just claim that title. I guess by her standards, uh, you know, the, the baddest man on the planet is still Mike Tyson. Now he could probably still kick most men's asses if he got a real fight. But you know, once you've earned that lab that title. If you don't defend that quote unquote title, then you know someone else is going to come along that's better, badder, and bigger than you. And so, anyway, I, I don't like the baddest woman on the planet. I, I would love to know exactly what the credentials are right now for her to uh, verify that. Right? How can you validate that statement right now? I'd love that. Okay, I've gone. I've gone 15 minutes on Ronda Rousey and Shotzi, which I did not expect to do. So uh, let's move on here and. Let me see my notes here because I actually wrote a whole bunch of notes because I wanted to make sure. I normally actually don't write notes for SmackDown <laughs> just because I, I'm like, oh, I'll remember. Uh, and then I don't. So, oh, okay. Zia Lee and Lacey Evans. I want to talk about this quickly. Zia Lee is, is a wrestler that you, you had a little bit of hope for at the beginning. Uh, she has that martial arts background, right, as they are uh, portraying. And I made fun of it at the beginning because of how Mortal Kombat like her entrances were with the fake, you know, the fake lightning. And they still have a little bit of that in her entrance. I'm glad they've toned it down, though, where like lightning isn't shooting out of her hands like, you know, it's uh, Dragon Ball Z, like Kamehameha. Like okay, that, for, for, for Dragon Ball Z fans, that's about the extent of what I know. But uh, they, they've toned that down a little bit and just kept her with that nightstick that she can flail around very talentedly, by the way. And in the ring, she's fine. Lacey Evans, I don't know what to make of right now. There were reports that they were actually going to turn her heel, even though she was cutting babyface, sympathetic, empathetic promos that were all supposed to just cry about her childhood for. And at first they got me and then they felt very kind of exploitative at her, you know, two of them or so. So, Lacey Evans is still the baby face there. You know, that's that's the path that they're going. But I'm not understanding Lacey Evans's promos where she says that um, I want to get. Oh, and this can be, you know, applied to anybody. This phrase, just insert wrestler's name here is kind of the way that it's been over the last several weeks with uh, with Lacey Evans cutting any kind of promo. She'll say. I may not be better than, and in this case, Xylee, but Xylee sure ain't better than Lacey Evans. Now, I probably should stop breaking things down to try to make them make sense. Maybe that's my flaw, is trying to make sense of certain things. And look, I, I, I it sounds like a cool phrase. It sounds like on the surface, like cool, like catchy. Yeah, short to the point. But if you take five seconds and think about what she's saying, let, let me repeat this. I may not be better than Zia Lee, but Zia Lee sure ain't, sure ain't better than Lacey Evans. So she's expressing humility, but also recognizing that you know, she's not better, but neither is, is Zia. Like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Because you're saying that I'm not better than this person, but she's not better than me. Well, well, wait a minute. Then you guys are just on equal footing all the time. And I remember her saying that generally about the women's locker room that there are there's there aren't any women back there that are uh, or I'm not better than any of the women back there, but none of the women back there are better than me. It's like, OK, so you're saying you're just average 
Are, are you just, is everyone equal to everyone? This is just, it's a basic question. Am I missing the point? It, it sounds like if I say to, if I say to you, I'm not better than you, but you're not better than me. Well, somebody has to be better than somebody. Everybody is not just even Steven. So I, I don't like that line because it sounds cool when you first think about it or when you first hear it. But if you think about it, even for three seconds, you're like, well, wait, wait, what did she just say? That doesn't make any sense, right? It's like a cool phrase that someone said to her when they were out drinking or something or, or she was having dinner with somebody. And then the conversation got cut off and she got distracted and didn't think about, wait a minute, what does that actually mean? Right? She just heard it. She's like, cool. I like that. And then there was just, you know, there weren't any brain cells rubbing together about what that would mean. So I don't know. I'm probably berating this for no reason, but it just sounds silly. Okay. So uh, let's move on here. Gunther Ricochet Intercontinental Championship, everybody. All I can say is, Hallelujah, right? Look, the Intercontinental Championship for about the better part of a year has been a championship you don't want because it goes nowhere, at least for from WWE's perspective. They have had exactly zero plans with the Intercontinental Championship, especially after Shinsuke captured it, and then you're like, okay, Ricochet can do something with it. Nope, Ricochet, WWE did nothing with Ricochet. And they still, you still know nothing about Ricochet. You, you notice you know nothing about Ricochet? He's been in WWE, what, a couple of years now, at least on the main roster. What exactly do we know about him? Other than at first we heard, oh, he's the resident superhero, right? Just as we heard with Shinsuke Nakabura, he's the resident rock star. Well, what does that exactly mean? Right? We, that, that got faded pretty quick with, Rick, with Ricochet. And then after that, it's like he was, WWE just relied on his, insane athleticism to tell the story and for a while it it covered up the fact that they weren't doing any character development with ricochet but again he's the guy that people are excited to see only because he does cool stuff in the ring can anybody give me an a, a reason other than that there is not a single person that i know that i've talked to or have listened to the show that have emailed me and said, man, Ricochet is such a deep character. I really connect with him. I, I, I understand his story. I understand his mission. I understand. The answer is no. The answer is nobody has done that because WWE has not done that. So my point about all this, bringing this all up, is that it's been a championship that they just have done nothing with. And now Gunther, or as again, people are really trying to hammer home Gunther, my brain refuses to say that. I feel stupid. I don't care if it's the correct way to, to pronounce it. I, I just don't. It just sounds stupid to me. Gunther. That's what it is, right? Gunther. So uh, that's what I'm going to say. And if anybody has a problem with it, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just, I'm not going to subject myself to a secondhand embarrassment by saying it. So Gunther, I think this was a great match. And I, I mean that from both men's perspectives. Ricochet played his role very well. He had a, a really good match with with Gunther. There were some legit hope spots. And for the clash of styles with these two, for them to mesh as well as they did, for not having as many, uh, really to my knowledge, any live televised matches that they've had to go through, I think did an excellent job. And you know the way that they... They moved together. Were there some botches at times? There was a couple of things that you're like, mm, there's a little bit of a slip up. But I mean, outside that, that wasn't that's really a uh, non-factor for me. I think that the biggest things I took away from this and the notes that I wrote down about this matchup was um, it was physical as hell, and my my god, the the chop from Gunther, whole I mean the clothesline, all of it is just awesome. Uh, I loved how Gunther didn't just squash, and I wrote this down, his opponent. Like he didn't just squash Ricochet, and because that's often sometimes what you see with people that are coming up and they're brand new and they go on winning streaks and they're a heel, is they often do squashes, right? And that's not the case here. Like with the, look, look for you know case in case in point, 
a current example right now, Veer Mahan, right? They're not doing much with him. He faces somebody somewhat relevant, squash, 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 squash. No, they didn't do that here. And I love how uh, they also have brought back the power bomb as a finish. That hasn't been done in quite a while. Maybe we can start reintroducing moves that are commonly used as transition or, you know, the, 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 the long two count spots as finishes. I mean, number one, my ultimate goal will be getting back to the super kick as a finish. That would be awesome. But I'll definitely start with the power bomb. I thought that's, I think that was awesome that they are now bringing the power bomb back as a finish. And I know it wasn't just used for the first time in this match, but it was the most visible time that it was used as a finish, considering that Gunther won the Intercontinental Championship with the power bomb. Um, Ludwig Kaiser on the outside does a nice job. I love his introduction. The ring general. I love it. I love it. Um, he plays his part. Excellent. Gunther, of course, is a guy that has got his his just natural RBF resting blank face is just effing money. Uh, he is tailor made for a heel. I, I have nothing negative to say about this segment. And we have a new intercontinental champion. And I really believe now, especially with a new young talent, that they're not going to just take Gunther and hide him away in a, you know, underground. And that they're actually going to put him in the spotlight. They're going to have him there probably every week televised and in some kind of program. Maybe it'll lead to a rematch with Ricochet. I'd imagine that's probably where they're going with money in the bank. Maybe. If there's a time for Ricochet to have a rematch, you would imagine that right now is that time. So that's the the program or the notes that I had. It's very cool. Uh, No complaints about the Intercontinental Championship match itself. The quality of the match, physical, no squash, powerbomb being reintroduced as a finish, Gunther winning. All is right right now. Loved it. No problem here. All right. So the other thing I want to talk about that wasn't an actual match on the show, but rather kind of a video package of John Cena visiting a fan that was, I think, relocated because of the war in Ukraine. And he's a huge John Cena fan. And uh, you know, he says he's running to John Cena or something like that. I think there's there's some little heart tugging story about it. Um, and, you know, John Cena actually goes there and he meets this kid, special needs kid. And the mom was very excited. And, you know, they, they, they hung out together and they did like building block activities and they, uh, you know, they, they put him in John Cena outfit and his hat and the whole thing. I mean, it was, it was, it was really cool. Now the cynical part of me wants to say, well, would you do this without a camera crew? Yeah. And like, you know, do you do these things when a camera's not present or are you doing this only when cameras are present? I'm not being cynical that John Cena is just a bad guy, but you know, I always wonder that stuff. I'm, I'm like a, I'm a terrible person. So, I just always think like when celebrities do these kinds of things, like if they're visiting a children's hospital, that would you be visiting the children's hospital if the cameras weren't on you? You know, like if no one knew that you were going to the children's hospital, would you still go? That's the kind of thing. I just think cynically like that. And I don't know the answer. I'm not going to assume the answer. It's just a constant wonder and concern of mine, no matter who it is, not just pro wrestlers, movie stars, just other sports athletes, other major sports athletes. When you see video footage or you see an Instagram or whatever, a Twitter post about so-and-so, oh, look how great they are. They visited whatever. They visited uh, a children's hospital. They visited, uh, I don't know, what it, whatever the case may be. And there's a picture of it and you just wonder, you're like would they really do this if nobody was watching? And that's how that shows true character and true integrity. I guess the answer would be, we'll never know because if they're doing it to not for the purpose of not going public with it, then we'll never know. Right. So it's kind of a catch 22 there. But my point is, I mean, I'm going to take this out. It's authenticity. John Cena is the number one make a wish giver. And, you know, so do I think there's a little bit of that in John Cena? I I don't want to make any assumptions, but either way, it was still a cool thing to see John Cena do, especially back in his green, you know, his green gear and still looking kind of the part at his age and, and doing all the things he did. So, again, 
cool moment, and it also is helping prepare for John Cena's return to WWE. I don't know for how long, but uh, on June 27th, Monday Night Raw. Um, so oh, one thing I want to mention, uh, then I'll uh, take a quick break for the sponsor of today's episode. They kept saying throughout the show with the Sami Zayn versus Riddle matchup that the stakes that were on the line were if Riddle wins, he gets a, ch- a shot at Roman's championship. If he loses, he's barred from uh, SmackDown forever. Well, isn't he already barred from SmackDown? I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. He is already barred. And you guys allowed him back with no explanation. What would stop him from coming back again? So this is essentially Riddle playing with house money. It was just, it was a really hilarious stipulation because I don't think they see the irony in that stipulation. Like he should be and is barred from the show because according to your rules with the draft, that you implemented, and I say that in air quotes with the draft, nobody should be coming to the opposing individual's show. And so that was just really funny when they did that. Maybe they did it on purpose. I have a feeling they don't even know that they accidentally or ironically made that the stipulation for Riddle. So, all right, let me take a quick break. I've got on the other side, I want to talk about Paul Heyman on commentary. I want to talk about Riddle at the end facing Sami Zayn with those stipulations on the line and uh, much more, including a little bit of Monday Night Raw right after this. Hey, guys, so check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor. It's a doctor I actually love to see. He's where I get all of my CBD from, and it's a doctor that you can visit, too, by going to drganja.com. That's Dr. D-R. Ganja, G-A-N-J-A.com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years and everything they have on the site is available for pickup. But the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have. Drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs. And don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Okay, let's move on here. A little bit more of SmackDown, then we'll jump into Monday Night Raw briefly, very briefly. And, yeah, let's talk about Paul Heyman on commentary. Man, if this dude wants to just quit the bloodline and go back to being full-time on commentary, where do I sign up? I'm not saying he's bad in the bloodline. Am I getting a little tired of Paul Heyman in the bloodline? I mean, it's not that he's wrestling or anything, but I just forgot, I guess, how much I love Paul Heyman on commentary. And we got that brief stint with him on commentary on a regular basis with him and Jim Ross when uh, the King was out. And actually, uh, he was uh, you know, on commentary during the invasion angle when he was the invading uh, ECW brand. And it just, Paul Heyman on commentary is so good. So good. I, I love it. I love Paul Heyman. And throughout the match of Sami Zayn and Riddle, which, will, by the way, was very good as well. We had Paul Heyman in there and just making things feel more important. And his voice just translates perfectly to that position as well. So Paul Heyman was just just excellent. I mean, I, I know that wasn't really the star of the show here, but good stuff here. And a little bit about this match with Riddle and Zane. So early on, Riddle hit Zane with an exploder suplex, a, a running knee, which is the running knee very quietly is becoming, which used to be a finish. I mean, it just asked Daniel, Daniel Bryan, uh, 
is be very quickly becoming the the cool new super kick, if you've noticed. So if you haven't, now you will. The high knee, the running high knee, is starting to be utilized more and more and more, just like the super kick was, as a transitional, just a long two count spot that you know isn't really going to end the match, but you know has the chance to at least right now, until it turns into what a you know a a, a clothesline means right now. So. We got, again, uh, uh, early Riddle exploding a suplex here, a knee, then Zane then hit a blue thundered bomb to Paul Heyman's relief, and there was a kick out, and then we got a uh, an RKO from Riddle, which ended the match, and he is now awarded a championship match against the Tribal Chief next week on SmackDown. Now... Um, after the match, the Usos attacked Riddle. Riddle fought back with a kendo stick, which sent the Usos running. And then um, that was that was pretty much the end of it. Now, I will say that it is a bit surprising that they're going with this match on SmackDown. It's also, again, should I be surprised at this point? Should I be surprised that WWE just has no respect for the championship matches and what they used to mean anymore on big stages only instead of giving them away for free every single week. See, it's not the principle of having a championship match on live free TV, Raw or SmackDown that I have the problem with. The biggest problem I have with it is the frequency. It's a crutch. It's a crutch and a cheap way to try to get ratings because the thing is with this... Okay, it may spike ratings, but people then now are going are gonna to come to expect it. It's not a long-term solution. I don't even know if championship matches are actually helping increase ratings that much anyway. Now, the Universal Championship match might because it's Roman Reigns, and we'll get to that in a minute. But in general, I guess I just have such a problem with championship matches, multiple championship matches on every single show every single week. It, you talk about watering down what a championship match used to feel like. I mean, I I, I don't know. It's something that I have had a lo- an issue with for a long time. So now one thing I'll also say that is on the flip side, a good thing that people may or not may not realize, too, and that you're not thinking about um, is Roman Reigns has been gone for a few weeks now. And tell you can't tell me that next week with him returning. It doesn't feel like a bigger match than it otherwise would have if he was there every week doing his thing. So that's the magic of absence. And it also does confirm that, in fact, he is moving into a new stage of his career, as he mentioned a couple of months ago at a house show. So I think this is great for Roman Reigns. Uh, it, it, re- it refreshes him in a way that helps his momentum without actually having him do anything other than just not be on the show. And it's amazing. So it, it does feel like a big match for, uh, for SmackDown next week. Now, am I su- again, though, am I surprised that it's on SmackDown? I guess I shouldn't be, but that also doesn't mean that Roman Reigns and Riddle can't have their, uh, their rematch. If somehow Riddle gets screwed on uh, Thursday, next Friday, that they don't have the rematch at the next uh, live event, which of course is the premium live event, which is Money in the Bank, July 2nd. So I don't think this is necessarily a guarantee that Riddle doesn't get that big pay-per-view match, but I also don't know if it doesn't guarantee that he, or does guarantee that he won't or will. So anyway, good matchup here with Zayn and Riddle. I mean, my God, you knew that, that, that the quality of the match wasn't even in question ever. So... All right. What else was there? Oh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in a no uh, or a Money in the Bank qualifying match. It ended in a no contest. You knew this was going to be physical. These two are always super physical with one another. And it's exactly what we got here. There was a Claymore to Butch. There ended in a double disqualification because both men hit each other at the same time with a chair. Now, what's going to end up happening? You can see this coming a mile away is that both men are going to be awarded an opportunity inside of this, or inside, I was going to say inside the cell, in this matchup, likely that that's what's going to happen. Both of them expressed their frustrations with Adam Pierce on SmackDown, saying for Drew, he was saying, put me in the match, put me in the match. 
and Adam Pierce was just so bewildered. I mean, honestly, this job of general manager or, or WWE official, whatever this is, it's just a general manager with a different name. The IQ level, if this was an actual position, like I'm playing long, I'm not saying Adam Pierce is a dumb guy or anything like that, but like the, if this truly was, like if what I see on TV, if this was real, 100%, the IQ level required to be a WWE official or, or to be a referee is like double digits. I mean, because what's the solution, Adam Pierce? Oh, I don't know. Have a, you know, no disqualification next week. There must be a winner. There you go. Right. Or you just say, fine, both of you in the, are in the match. There. Problem solved. Instead, he has to like ponder and think and sweat it out and give us, you know, very tense facials. It's like, no, uh, d- dude, like we all know what the answer is going to be. So uh, just just something right. Like if this if we were playing along and we believe this is really real. Yeah, it's like room temperature IQ for a lot of these positions in management. Um, The other thing I noticed while we're talking about backstage stuff, anybody else notice while Ronda Rousey was refusing treatment from the trainer after uh, Natalia attacked her and they say it's a legitimate injury. Of course, it's not, but it's a serious injury uh, that she's refusing ice. Is she too tough for ice? Does her body have some kind of automatic cool down system that we're not aware of? Is she, is she, you know, does she have an air conditioning unit built into her body? Like, can she can she self generate ice when she has an injury? Does her body know? Oh, we got to lower our temperature. Make sure we know to cool this area. My point about bringing this up, it's all ridiculous, is that Ronda Rousey again. It shows pure ego that she's refusing to ice her her leg. After an attack, it also shows stupidity. I know it was supposed to show toughness, and I can get through anything. I don't need some damn ice. It shows no. It shows your stupidity more than anything, because you could be risking future more injury. You know, you want to you want to heal quicker. Then you take the medical doctor's advice. You take the trainer's advice, and you put heat or cold on it. Instead, I guess Ronda Rousey knew better. I'm putting it's some it's a segment that was in the background. I'm making things into a bigger deal than they probably are. But it's one of those things that I guess that's just to me piles on to the Ronda Rousey anti uh, babyface movement. Maybe we can get a movement going there. I'll head it. I'll head it up, guys. I will head up that movement. All right. So let's see. Does that cover SmackDown pretty much? I think it does. I think it does. So I want to move to Monday Night Raw just very quickly, and then uh, we'll close things out here. You know, uh, Monday Night Raw, Bianca Belair, I'll read you a rundown here of uh, of Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes opened the show. He addressed his, uh, his, his injury. And by the way, on SmackDown, they said he's going to be out up to nine months. I think it's going to be more like four to six, just so that they can, you know, because if you were to do nine months from now, nine months. That's July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, just in time for WrestleMania season. Yes, I was using my fingers. Thank God you guys can't see me. Uh, WrestleMania, that's March. And that that's the worst prognosis. I think it's going to be more like end of end of this year. We could even see Cody Rhodes at the end of 2021, before Christmas. I think it's very possible. But anyway, uh, so moving back here to Monday Night Raw. Now, Monday Night Raw, the, a couple of the biggest things that happened. Cody Rhodes and Seth appear to be burying the hatchet. Seth said that he finally respects Cody. He earned his respect as if that was something that Cody was, you know, chasing. But Cody Rhodes thought everything, thought everything was good. And then we got the attack from behind with the sledgehammer to the head and uh, then it going to continue to attack his arm. And so there's going to be a part four to this, which is going to be fun. That, that was one of the biggest takeaways. I really have no problem with this at all. None. I give that segment, you know, A. Uh, Dana Brooke versus Becky Lynch happened. That was the whole 24-7 title nonsense that I'm not going to get into. Miz and Riddle, no problem there. Uh, let's see what else happened. I mean, that, that was really just one big uh, promotional piece for Miz and Mrs. Season 2 or 3, whatever the hell it is. Whatever. So uh, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Lashley, Dominic, and Veer Mahan. Uh, we saw Veer Mahan uh, once again brilliantly destroy Dominic. It's always uh, fun to see that. Um, no problem there. What else we got here? Uh, I don't want to miss anything big here. Judgment Day and Edge. Yeah, this is probably the other big story. 
Edge gets ousted from his own group. I was very against this on the Monday Night Raw review. I will continue to be against it until they show me evidence otherwise. And I I don't want to hear, well, they need to edge back as a babyface. But when you're running that hot as a heel, you don't need to turn back babyface. It doesn't translate equally. Meaning, if you're super hot as a heel and you turn babyface, that that level of passion that the fans had for you as a heel doesn't necessarily automatically bounce and bounce back in the opposite direction to how much they're going to love you as a babyface. That's not necessarily how the math equation works. But Edge gets ousted, and I, we don't know who the new leader is. I would imagine by def, by kind of default, Finn Balor is, but we'll have to see. Maybe they'll add another member. But Edge is going to be on the hunt for these individuals who turned on him. And the one thing I'll say that I remember saying in my Monday Night Raw review, the criticism I have before it even happens, is that they can't just make Edge back to <clears throat> this uh, this baby face that he was prior. They can't bring, just all of a sudden bring back the music, the, you know, the, you think you know me, and then boom, right? He goes right into this, his music that he has before had before he turned heel. Can't do that. I said that she'd have him just come out with no music, disheveled, looking distraught, but also looking focused and looking for revenge. That's what I would do with Edge, and then he'll hopefully organically turn back into the rated R superstar if that's what they want. I don't even know what they want right now. Why they would take Edge out of this group, I hope I'm wrong. I've said that. I hope I am because I just don't see a good reason enough to do this. The premise of it's fine. Edge should maybe get pushed from the group, but it's about six months too early. They just got it going. It's absolutely crazy. Omas and Cedric Alexander happened. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, I really don't. Ezekiel versus Otis also happened. And, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I thought this was fine. Ezekiel admitted that he's Elias, but then Owen celebrated, and then uh, Ezekiel said he was lying, and he really was Ezekiel. The, the most important thing, I think, to come about uh, this week from Ezekiel's point of view in terms of news is that he said on to WWE in an interview, and then WWE put this on their Twitter feed, Ezekiel said he wants to become tag team champions with Elias. Now, everyone's thinking, how the hell are they going to do that? But imagine if Elias walks out with Ezekiel. I was told that. I said it before. Imagine if Elias walks out with Ezekiel. The pop for that. And people going, what? It would be the one of the biggest swerves in like the last 10 years of pro wrestling. So, all right. And then in the main event, it was a fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. We had Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Dewdrop, and Alexa Bliss. And uh, we had Nikki A.S.H. in Dewdrop's corner. Bianca, of course, sat in her, uh, just her, her, her quiet corner there of not talking, sitting by the commentary table. as She's been sitting there for like three out of four weeks. And, hey, uh, I thought this was good. Rhea Ripley got the victory after Alexa Bliss came within an eyelash of winning. Rhea Ripley gets the victory, and it's going to be Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, and I know I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think Rhea captures it in the first try, probably the second try at SummerSlam, but right now I'm excited for this matchup, and it's different for Bianca to work with Rhea than it is on Alexa Bliss or a Sasha Banks. Those are athletic women and, and, and you know, gifted women, but there's something different about Rhea Ripley in terms of both of them having a very a very um, unique but similar style and look and power. That's the difference too. The power these women have are very, I think, close uh, with one another, and it's going to be fun to see them you know, battle it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that is essentially the Week in Review, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this show. I'll be back on uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be the Monday Night Raw, or I'm sorry, Monday Night Raw is on tomorrow, but Anthony DeMarco and I will be covering the current state of WWE, and then Tuesday's the Monday Night Raw review, Wednesday's the mailbag, and that's pretty much it, guys. So please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can get uh, or give reviews, and also go ad-free. You don't want the ads on this show? Easy to get rid of. For $1, hundreds of ad-free shows 
as well as the fact that you get a shout out on the show, priority placement in the mailbag, exclusive after show um, access, the after dark episodes are available, X-rated shows there. That's all for just a dollar. There's even more you get as you go up in tier, including video. So consider going ad-free on our website, also at wwepodcast.com, promo code Roman, and you get 50%, 50% off your first month. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. As always, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, guys, so check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor. It's a doctor I actually love to see. He's where I get all of my CBD from, and it's a doctor that you can visit, too, by going to drganja.com. That's Dr. D-R. Ganja, G-A-N-J-A.com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years and everything they have on the site is available for pickup. But the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have. Drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs. And don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.